0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to our Yohat De the Road to Your Name podcast, focusing on Haudenosaunee cultural topics recorded on Haudenosaunee territory. Our podcasts are produced by Aboriginal Legal Services with the technical assistance of True Seed Media. My name is Lisa Venevery from the Mohawk Nation and the Wolf Clan. I'm the coordinator of the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name program, and the host of the podcast. This is the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. Welcome to this episode of Yohat De the Road to Your Name podcast. We're really excited because on this episode of today's podcast, we have with us guest Elaine Bambri, and um, she's visiting with us on this episode all the way from Vancouver via technology. <laughs> and um this is so weird because elaine was just home <laughs> in, in our community and now she's she's back on the um, west coast and we're going to be visiting we should have visited while you were here really right <laughs> yeah but i'm sure you were so busy when you were home when you yeah. come home you're really busy aren't you? yeah they? yeah i don't always get to see all the
1: family and friends i want to see you know so that You know, I always have to apologize that I couldn't make my rounds to everybody. It gets really tiring.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure, because you come from a huge family, right? Yeah. So you were home because you had um, won an award. Can you tell us about the award you won?
1: Sure, yeah. I won an award from an organization called the Music Managers Forum of Canada, and uh, they do honor um, annual um, honor roll awards, and this year was their fifteenth annual. And so they gave me the Brian uh, Chater uh, Builder Award. I'm always getting these Builder Trailblazer awards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was really honored um, to to receive this award. I think I'm the first. As I read read the name of the past honorees, I, I it looks like I'm the first Indigenous person to win this award from from them, so I was really quite honored, and the awards were on Monday, um, Monday March the 6th in Toronto, at the, mm-hmm. um, it's called the, the Great Hall, oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of in the West End around Dovercourt and Queen, and actually in that building, it used to be an old YMCA, and in mm-hmm. the basement is the Tom Longboat Hall,
0: Oh where wow.
1: he used to train down there, they have a track down there and everything, so... I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> wasn't open, so did,
0: but oh, it wasn't say, open. I was just um, gonna say, did you go down there and try to feel Tom's energy? <laughs> no, no,
1: I wish, but I guess we kind of did. There were a few Ungahomies that came out to support me. Uh, Amos Key uh, from oh, Kersey yeah. was there. Uh, our former chief Ava Hill, as well, mm-hmm. and uh, my sister and my my sister Tracy Bomber, your nephew Michael Hill, drove mm-hmm. up from Six and some. Um, some friend, longtime friends in Toronto as well were there. So it was a really nice little group we had together.
0: Oh, great. Um, so you've been working now in art management for several years. When did, How did you begin to um, work in art management? Oh, gosh. It,
1: it goes way back, I think, to even when I was in um, in high school you know they would ask for volunteers for the school dance and I was always on those social committees you know planning the dances hiring you know arranging the music the food and all that kind of stuff and that kind of rolled over into when I went to college I took a course called um, recreation leadership that's what it was called at the time at uh, Humber College North Campus Mm
0: -hmm. and that was a
1: two-year course and I took that and then and then I found out when I graduated, I made more money working in a government mailroom than in a than as a recreation leader. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I rolled into that. And then in my jobs, too, I would always, they'd always ask who wants to organize the conference dances. And so that was kind of a, you know, slow way in. But that's how I was started meeting a number of artists from across the country. And then eventually just... Got into it, just kind of fell into it, and just Mm -hmm. uh, like I was wasn't always a manager. Like, kind of, uh, what are they? What's that cliche? Jack of all trades, master of none. That's Mm me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You like to do a little bit of everything, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So, for something like that, you really need organizational skills, right? And so you must have a lot of organizational skills. Um,
1: if you saw my office right now, you wouldn't think <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> well, it's organized in your mind in some
1: fashion, yes. right? the, the compartments of everything. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, were you interested in working with artists because you just, you know, you you gravitate towards the arts? Yeah,
1: um, like my first uh, job working in, in the entertainment industry was full-time, a full-time job was in 1986 to 89, I was the general manager for Native Earth Performing Arts um, mm-hmm. in Toronto and uh, Thompson Highway and I managed the company at the time and that's during the original productions of The Red Sisters and Dry Lips Auto moved to Capus casing so I got to meet all those actors right away and a number from our community like Graham Greene, Gary Farmer, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm then um, events they would have, I would look at hiring a Six Nations band. So, you know, reach out to Marie Porter. And then Mm -hmm. after working in theater for those three years, um, I decided to come home to Sixnay and that's when I started a talent agency with my mom, the late Rita Bomberry. So uh, we started there in 1990. It was actually the week after the Oka crisis was over. That's how I'll always remember (laughs) Um, mm-hmm. That date, um, and we had an event, of, you know, a launch date in in Toronto at the Factory Theater, and like everybody came out to support and everything. So we started with a small pool, of like we had nine, I believe, yeah, nine clients, and mm-hmm. um, we were around for six years, and uh, we had at the end of on the sixth year we had forty clients, um, it, you know, twenty musicians and twenty actors. So my mom. Looked after all the actors, and I looked after the musicians. So that's how we Mm. divided our company up. And then, you know, we'd work on special events and stuff like that, as you know, as they arose. You know, just to make a few bucks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was always about opening doors.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And we needed those doors to be opened at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So looking back from then until now, do you do you think a lot of those doors have been opened, or there's many more?
1: Oh gosh. Oh, they've been open. They've been Mm -hmm. flung open, you know, just by looking at the amount of activity today. Like, I just, I feel like a proud auntie every time I I see the award shows, like the Juno Awards. You know, I helped create that category, too, with uh, Buffy St. Marie and the late uh, Shingoose back in uh, 92, we created it. In 93, it was announced, in 94, the first Juno was given out, and that went to Lawrence Martin, Wapistan and uh yeah so it's i do believe we helped you know kick open a lot of doors and uh just to see like with the juno category like just last year was the very first traditional indigenous uh juno given out and and that whole category was created with that in mind from the get-go it just took like 27 years or so for it to to finally (laughs) split but it did happen and you know, I was a volunteer all those years with the Junos. And so I, I volunteered on and off, like, well, solid for like 12 years. And then in the last few years, I kind of just went, I, I need to step back and I need the next generation, the younger ones to get in there and start, you know, mm-hmm. pulling up their bootstraps <laughs> <laughs> or bra straps. <laughs> yeah. Both. Both. Both.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... Uh, trying to get things done as indigenous people for indigenous people it can be frustrating sometimes right Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, to deal with bureaucracy and um, you know stereotypes people have and those types of things Um, how did you handle those challenges when in your work
1: oh gosh I felt a number of um, like uh, attacks on me early in the, especially in the music industry, because the Canadian music industry, um, all those years ago, was really dominated by white males, mm-hmm. and if they saw you coming, you know, and they, you know, weren't really sure what you were doing. They, they would attack you. So I got attacked a number of times, and then I, I would just sit up straight and going I must be doing something right you know because (laughs) Mm -hmm. they they're they're challenging me they they're they're afraid of what's coming down the pipe and that they couldn't grab a piece of the pie or something or those not that there was going to be a huge wealth of money came out of the woodwork you know so I had to deal with a lot of those kinds of people in the early days but now it's just like poo poo to you you know we we got through all that mess you know
0: yeah and and they didn't understand us as a people Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, I don't know if they do yet.
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, I think it's I happening slowly. Yeah. Slowly. <laughs> yeah. What do yeah. they say? People are becoming woke in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Especially with all the education around residential schools, and and I really feel that they've they're starting to um, learn about residential schools and acknowledge it. But it's going to be an internal thing with each Canadian to resolve it within yeah. themselves. Exactly,
1: so. exactly. You know, with the ninety-four calls to action from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report, you know, a number of uh, organizations are really have really stepped up to the plate to look at that. You know, we'll look, I'll just give an example of organized sport. You know, mm-hmm. what's happening with the with the with football, what's, what's happened with basketball and, and hockey, you know, we're seeing the land acknowledgments happening, we're seeing special indigenous days, you know, at, at, at these games and, you know, and they're really have, um, you know, we're wor- working on it. That's the main thing as people mm-hmm. are realizing, you know, that there needs to be a shift in consciousness and attitudes towards our people. And I mm-hmm. think it's happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Slow, but it's yeah. happening.
0: Yeah. Well, being a pioneer such as yourself in the in the industry, um, you know that can um, be tiring over the years. <laughs> you know, working in and so now in in at this point in your career, what are you looking to do now? What do you do now?
1: Right now, I am um, working with the Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards, mm-hmm. and uh, this will be uh, the second year. Um, we were supposed to happen last year, but that's when the pandemic was really bad and the National Art Center uh, wasn't open. They didn't want to mm-hmm. open yet and um, my co-creative on the awards uh, Vince Fontaine unfortunately suddenly passed away last year in January. So that really mm-hmm. knocked the wind out of our socks for the whole uh, the our team at the music awards. So then the executive director Trina Mather-Samar, decided that we're just we'll just take this year off and everyone went. Okay, so now we're, we're regrouped, and now we're going to be happening on June the 6th at the mm-hmm. National Arts Center. So we'll be blasting about the deadline uh, by the end of this week uh, for submissions. And unlike any other award show, you don't have to pay a submission fee to uh, submit to these awards. So I help with all the jury stuff,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, I also will be working with the... Um, with the full circle performance here in town. They they host the Talking Stick Festival. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know Potiphe, the wonderful Potiphe, mm-hmm. she's uh, now uh, she's now living in Canada, northern Saskatchewan. So she's mm-hmm. all married to a Canadian fellow, a Cree fellow. And uh, so she's coming to Vancouver, so I'll be curating her visit. I just signed the contract just yesterday to help mm-hmm. organize that with her, her recordings and some of her performances while she's in town.
0: And, and she's a Tuscarora woman. Yeah, yes, from, from the North Carolina the Carolina. South, the North Carolina yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I she's been to visit Six Nations <laughs> oh, in yeah. the past. And oh, yeah. and beautiful voice. Oh, to yeah. me she's Be- got
1: like the best female mm-hmm. voice and right across the board. She's just so tremendously talented. Yeah.
0: And I think I even saw her in a um, documentary. I can't remember which documentary it was. Mm-hmm on music, they were on music somewhere. Oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Um, so you know what what else can we be doing as indigenous people um, in the arts like where else can we be going? Um, I would like to see
1: um, in terms of um, our schools, on reserve you know i would really like them to start looking at building up the the indigenous library and having more you know a nice big section there of indigenous writers for our youth for uh, you know of all grades start at young there's children book children's books even being written you know by um our indigenous uh writers like richard van camp has a couple and you know why not start there and and in you know create a music library at the school start to teach about you know even the plays you know the music it's all there it's all happening yeah. and I remember when I was working with uh, first working with Thompson Highway and uh, he was getting Red Sisters published and that day that box of books came and you must know what that feels like Lisa with your own writings <laughs> when the books box of books gets delivered and you open it up for the first time and you just go wow wow You feel that first book, and I still remember Thompson very clearly to this day saying, I want to see a day when there's a library full of Indigenous plays, full of Indigenous writers at, you know, at our schools, at our homes, you know, everywhere. And I look at my little bookshelf back here, and I've got quite a stack. I just mm-hmm. got to start reading them. <laughs> <laughs> You're like me. I have oh. so many books. And nicely signed by the author, yeah. and it's like, yeah. oh my God, I got to do this, right? <laughs> okay, let's yeah. start doing it together, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll
0: start our own book club. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a great idea.
0: Well, but we're really busy people, Elaine I don't know <laughs> I don't know how successful no, we're No, I don't
1: think so either
0: <laughs> and, and also like songwriting I know a lot of our indigenous people Are out there writing songs Especially now about our cultures yeah. And our um, our struggles And you know, things like that And and I know you yourself have written a song Have you written more than one song? Or yes I know, I know your one song Which one? The one about um, residential school. Oh,
1: yeah. Marie and I, uh, Marie Porter and I, co-wrote that uh, one week to the day after then uh, Prime Minister Harper gave the apology to our people about the residential schools. And it was a rough week, as I know it was for a lot of us, you know, absorbing all of that and remembering that. Because I'm an intergenerational residential school survivor. My late mom went to Spanish a uh, mm-hmm. residential school there on the north shore of Georgian Bay from 6 to 16, and that just blows my mind, you know. Yeah. And I know her stories, you know, and mm-hmm. I really have to get moving on that as well and, and write them down so I don't forget mm-hmm. them and, and share them with my nieces and nephews. And um, mm-hmm. So with, um, with songwriting, it's just, I just wrote a poem, you know. Mm-hmm. I wrote a poem, and then I showed it to Murray, um, so, well, I'll just finish up off. Sorry, my mind's trying to remember all this stuff. Uh, just jumping back to his story enough. Uh, like, we wrote it within three hours, mm-hmm. and it took him. Weeks to sing because it was so emotional. And when yeah. he first sang it in public, it was at a it was at a survivors uh, gathering. And we, he says I couldn't even look at the front row because elders were crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, that was so emotional. But we were able to share it and license it to a few uh, documentaries and like uh, social services here in BC. Even got a hold of us wanted to use the song to play for their workers to help them understand you know, what happened with uh, residential schools. And so on his, um, and then on that album, that was from 2012, where he won the Juno for, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I can't even remember. Songs Lived and Life Played, that was the name of the yeah. album. And
0: oh, yeah. then
1: I had written another song called Call You Baby. It was just a love song. And again, yeah. it was just a poem, and then he put it to music. And on his new album as well, I wrote Run about the water. And uh, he's got songs too that he's you know he's written about. Again, we're talking about what's happening to our people in this day and age. Um, yeah. he's got a song about murdered and missing women. You know, up there on Highway 16, and it's mm-hmm. not just exclusive to Highway 16 as we know. It's right rampant across Turtle Island. You know, at the the borders too. You know, down in Montana they have uh, you know legislation passed to make more people aware you know about our uh, murdered and missing uh, indigenous sisters down there as well Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's not just exclusive to bc or
0: canada well it it takes me back to when i first heard the um song um it's sorry enough that's the name of it right and i heard it and he was singing it at the um sanderson center Mm -hmm. and i think it was just newly out then and I remember I just, could, like the waterworks were coming and they were <laughs> unstoppable. And even I heard it later, like a few years later, and still the same reaction. Oh, wow. It's a song I think that um, no matter when you hear it, you're going to be touched by this song. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's, it's a great song. It's Thank a great you. song, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you you have been living in BC for quite a while now. How long have you been there? Seventeen years. Oh my goodness. Now, now, what prompted you to move all the way to BC, just to have a life?
1: And mm-hmm. Murray be- got, became a full time musician. You know, mm-hmm. he was always working construction at home and six, and then weekends playing. And uh, then when we came here, it's it's like. And it's because of the power of of res radio, you know, Mm -hmm. up the coast here, uh, Terrace um, around central BC. They have their own indigenous radio network. And so once Mm -hmm. they heard that Murray Porter's living on the coast, boom, we started getting it flown up the coast to Haida Gwaii, to King with to Terrace, and Hazelton, Smithers, you know, and, and all these different events. At the, you know, and they all knew, Baby, You're My Good Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, they were taking videos of Maria. I was taking videos of them singing, Baby, You're My Good Thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, again, the power and beauty of, of Rez Radio, you know, kept mm-hmm. his music very much alive over these decades, so, yeah.
0: And crazy. Murray is your arts client. You manage <laughs> Murray. <laughs> yes. And and at home you manage Murray yeah, yeah he's my husband now yeah. we're yeah. married yeah yeah so you you just manage Murray 24-7 yeah yeah and if he's an artist like um some artists he he definitely needs a manager right yeah like I think to, yeah yeah because they don't worry about things like you that know? they're just cre-
1: creating all yeah exactly so I'm lighting a bit of a fire under his butt too that he's mm-hmm. got to get on that next album so he's got Mm. some songs on the works and stuff, so just just a bit more time, you know, for him to get really back at it, and Mm -hmm. yesterday he was, um, uh, when will this air?
0: This will air probably in um, April, first part of April, yeah. Oh,
1: then I guess I I can say this next little bit. (laughs) So yesterday, (laughs) um, Murray was on location on Gary Farmer's TV series, Canadian TV series, called Resident Mm -hmm. Alien. So, yeah, yeah, he played uh, a piano player in the band, Mm -hmm. (laughs) backing up Gary and his music. So Derek Miller was also flown out uh, for Mm -hmm. the taping. Um, Shakti Hayes on bass, Richard Brown on drums, who are local here. Mm-hmm. Um, all Indigenous. He won Gary wanted an all Indigenous band, so Gary got an all Indigenous band. So, <laughs> yeah, so oh, it was like great. a twelve hour day for Murray yesterday. So he's not used to that. So oh, yeah. <laughs> came home oh. about eleven, a little after eleven, just totally pooped.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So so you like living on the west coast? It's it's nice scenery. Oh, it's isn't beautiful. It? It's just yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, and. Um, but you probably miss home a lot yeah right?
1: yeah you know that's the hard part about being you know far away and then the whole pandemic you know really did a number on a lot of us and you know, how to re-socialize, like, how do I get back out there again, and going to my first event there in the past year, I was so scared, you know.
0: Yeah, still, like, right? sometimes, you know, you know, you just never know what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we can keep in touch by Zoom, you do that, eh, with your family, yeah. keeping in touch by Zoom?
1: Uh, just, yeah, FaceTime or, you know, Facebook Messenger.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're busy working on the awards, and you're busy working on the um, the full circle. Um, Where do you like? What advice would you give to Indigenous um, people, young people? Maybe, maybe they want to go into this career. Um, Where? How would they start?
1: I would suggest uh, by volunteering. You know, with an arts indigenous organization, be it a writer's group, be it a theater group, a dance troupe, uh, a band, you know, that Mm -hmm. might need a little bit of help, you know, with maybe some posters or whatever. There's so much work that has to be done. You know, someone's got to turn on the lights, design the sound. Scape, you know, or the lighting design, you know, the costumes, yeah. the the food, you know, the catering, and that involves a lot of small little businesses to help, you know, and you know, ensure a successful show. And I just yeah. love seeing, like, and hearing what's going on at home with all the events at the gathering place. Yeah. Oh wow! I said, yeah. Yay! Finally, <laughs> they're accessing a stage regularly, you know. And with six men, you don't realize the wealth of talent we have there until you oh. go away.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. You know? We have talent in every aspect of society.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. Every yeah, sure. every art you can imagine is being, you know, handled uh, by our people. It's so great to see you know, the emergence of another radio station there while I was going to studio and all of this you know and, and mm-hmm. through the red door what they're doing fantastic work and I just went wow all this happened and we're moved away from home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever considered like mentoring? people to get into this business um,
1: I don't I haven't been approached very much on that end actually mm-hmm. you know I think it scares people once they realize it's really really difficult to make any significant amount of money
0: well, you it's, know, a, it's you, a, a career that you have to have, be passionate. Yes, about.
1: yes, you have to love the arts. You have to love mm-hmm. the writings. You have to love the stories, the songs, you know. So I would recommend for our young people to start there and, you know, pick up those books like that. Me and Lisa are supposed to do <laughs> read. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and um, so to be passionate about the arts and and to. Um, I don't know to just be be a people person like yourself because you have to grow a network as well right oh gosh yes yeah yeah Yeah. you must know a lot of people yeah i do
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's cool because they're like the first the, the first wave now like the the grams the the Garys, the Tantu Cardinals, Rena Owens, you know, all of them, and we're all friends, you know, we have a nice little circle of friends that we don't always get to see each other, but if someone comes to town, they sure let us know. Um, Mm -hmm. Where we live, we actually live in um, the Capilano Res, which is in North Vancouver, so Mm -hmm. we're right over Lionsgate Bridge, and um, we live in a high-rise, it's the only high-rise on a uh, it's a rental property um, on reserve, so I think we're the only high rise in all of Canada. <laughs> so we have a sweet view. We're in the twenty sixth floor, corner unit, and you know I look at the bridge and the ocean. Today's a beautiful day, and it's just gorgeous out there. And so a lot of people like like to come over and want they want to see the view. And we mm-hmm. we now have a wall of fame that is just packed, like with names, and people have come through our door to sign mm-hmm. the wall, and we take their picture, because there's um, so many autographs up there, you forget.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to come out and sign your Exactly.
1: Here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Would you believe um, uh, Councillor uh, uh, Helen Miller uh, and her... Our niece were out here not too long ago. They came over, and the day before uh-huh. was Ava Hill. Ava's been here a few times. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, so you get people. It feels like home. Yeah. You know, get people visiting. Yeah, That's exactly.
1: Cool. And now we have uh, Sherry Miracle. You know, she's mm-hmm. she moved back here. To Vancouver, she grew up here. Spent a lot of time, so now she's back. So, she was just visiting last night. You know. Just, oh yeah.
0: Yeah, it's wow. just one
1: of we have one of these kind of places that it's uh, <laughs> just open door, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's creative energy going on there. Yes, it's small but it's creative. <laughs> <laughs> well, did we miss talking about anything? Anything we need oh. to add that you're you're doing?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I am working on this other project, too. Um, I'm on the advisory board for the uh, Smithsonian Folkways Recordings, which is mm-hmm. a record label through the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. And they always, Folkways puts together just beautiful uh, compilations in that. And they've done, you know, <clears throat> compilations a number for Latin music, for, um, for black music, for Cajun and all this. So for the very first time, they're doing a Canada series so uh, myself and Denise Bolduc were on this advisory committee and along with a bunch of other they're ethnomusicologists right across the country so we're the only ones without the DR in front of our names (laughs) so we just uh, actually just started that project and uh, we're just Mm -hmm. rounding up uh, I think I think they need a few more people on the advisory board so that's Mm -hmm. in the works and then as well um, with the Toronto Blue Society I'm on their board of directors uh, mm-hmm. the only out-of-province uh, board member. And just this past uh, year, they said it would be a great idea to have an Indigenous Blues Artist or Group of the Year. So I've got a group of people uh, who we all know. Uh, we're mm-hmm. gonna be working on the criteria for that. So the very first Maple Blues Award, that's what it's called, Canada's National mm-hmm. Blues Award, will mm-hmm. be awarding its first Indigenous Artist or Group of the Year in January of 2024.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Still pioneering out there, oh. <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> that, Gotta that is keep so, busy. <laughs> yeah, that's so great to hear. Well, is there anything that you think uh, in, in other aspects of the arts that, that you may be interested in doing? Like, what about a doc, doing a documentary?
1: Yeah, that's always been, uh, you know, a dream of mine, uh, to do uh, a documentary on Res Blues. You know, Mm -hmm. the whole Res Blues movement that I helped create. And, you know, we were a TV show on APTN for a couple of seasons and a radio doc. And uh, Mm -hmm. so Marie and I actually been talking about doing like kind of what you're doing here, a podcast, but a Res Blues podcast. So uh, I have a few advisors. So I might be coming to ask you for some advice if you could uh, help us along the way as well.
0: Well, when I started this podcast, I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> <laughs> but now with the help of Eric here, um, that we've been we've been able to really do some good podcast work, you know? Yeah. And we're in our fifth season now. So, oh, nice. Um, there's millions and millions of podcasts out there, they say. Yeah. Yeah, and um, our podcast has been fortunate enough to be in um, listened to in over 23 um, countries, I oh, think. Oh,
1: wow. Wow. Yeah,
0: you can just reach the world when you do a podcast. Yeah. You and Murray got to get going on I it. I know, right?
1: <laughs> it's just something yeah. else on
0: the list. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you I'll send you Eric's contact information. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, this has been such a great visit with you. I didn't get to visit you at home when you were home, but I'm so glad I got to visit you today. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Now I'm Keep up the great oh. work, you and Eric. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, onigewahi. Um, <laughs> ono. This has been the Ohate nigasona the Road to Your Name podcast series. There are 10 episodes in this podcast series. Let's meet again on the next episode. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word donate located at the top of the homepage of our website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Road to Your Name. This has been the Ohate Negusuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series.